Hello, welcome to Silly Point. I'm Brendan Cummins, and uh, I'm joined once again by Michael Bate. Hey, Brendan. Going? How's it do- How's it going? Not too bad. And Reese Meekins. Hey, hey, Brendan. Hey, mate. You, you, you're not as enthusiastic as last <laughs> week. Ah, uh, look, you could say I'm suffering from a little bit of a little bit of post ashes hangover. Yep. I spent the last week down the pub with <laughs> eleven of my best mates smoking darts. <laughs> I'm feeling the effects of that. My lung capacity is yeah. reduced. Did you punch on? Didn't punch on. No, no, no. no. We're responsible Actually, down here we in should. Australia. Didn't cause an affray, did you? Yeah. There was definitely no affray. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's come out. We're recording on a Tuesday afternoon. Was it yesterday if the news broke or was it earlier this morning? Oh, it was earlier early this, this morning. morning, yeah. Uh, ben Stokes has finally been charged with something. Affray. Do you want to do you want to walk us through exactly what I'll, I'll define a fray. <laughs> this is just like a Google defi- defi- definition. An instance of group fighting in a public place that disturbs the peace. I feel that ben, and ben, we've had Ben Stokes's response which was I can't wait for my side of the story to come out. I think he's going to find out what a fray is and then go <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, I totally did that. So, yeah, yeah. That, that's me. No, no, I was definitely punching on with one or more people <laughs> in a public place. So, it, seem, it, it seems as though, from what we can tell, being the, the, the lawyers we are, oh, what are they? Uh, one of the the, high, the fancy wig wearing lawyers, QCs. QCs. Yeah, yeah, the QCs that we're QC Michael Bate and QC <laughs> Reese Meekins. Give give us your uh, your final your judgment on what how severe you think the charge is and what <laughs> that means for Ben Stokes in the short to medium future. What what do you what do you reckon? The only thing that I I think he's going to come out with and having not, I don't know if the UK has a criminal code or if it's purely based on. Yeah. The criminal law. code is if you do something bad, get on a boat and come to Australia. <laughs> yeah. So, But he tried that. <laughs> and they wouldn't let him. <laughs> I think that he's going to argue that he was trying to serve his punishment in advance of the process. Maybe that's it. <laughs> like, mate, you'll get time off. Your honor. My client has served his time in New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there may well be a defence of provocation. So I think he argued when it was released that um, the war veteran, the hero, who he was affraying with, uh, had made some homophobic slurs. So he might be trying to argue that he was provoked and we'll see what comes of that. Yeah, the ECB dug up a couple of blokes to back him up on that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if we've spoken about it before, but if you haven't, and you want to see one of the like the just some stereotypically gay younger men? Then Google the Sun article that was published straight <laughs> afterwards because it it just seemed like they found because it, it kind of there's a whole bunch of problems with that story. It's that in that gay men need defending by big, strong Ben Stokes. And then the way the article was all written, it just is a nonsense defense. Cause it, especially in light of the way the fight went, like the guy, the guy's the, backing away like, yeah. with his hands up. So like. it, it doesn't really make any, any, any sense, but, uh, he's been charged and it look, it, it certainly sounds like that it'll be a, 
slap on the wrist from the way it's all absolutely yeah Frey it's I think it's a maximum of three years jail and there's no way he's getting that he's getting a suspended sentence at most you know it's probably be some community service or something or we don't really have any well we do have a bit of history of cricketers getting into trouble with the law with the um Pakistani players Salman Button the younger guy who had gone to jail and mm-hmm. the younger guy is Muhammad Amir, Amir yeah. is now playing. So he'd served a three year was a three year jail sentence or it was it was something yeah, in it that was, yeah, quite it was, significant for yeah. what he did. Um and getting out and playing for Pakistan. Um so you don't it doesn't feel like it's going to impact on his career too much. But I guess it depends on how he takes it. Yeah, well, sorry, it's just the funny thing is it's almost as though the damage has been done. So irrespective of what happens now, the fact that he was suspended while the investigation was going on means that he's missed a pretty crucial Ashes series. He'll now end up missing the one-dayers as well. So, you know, even if he comes back in six months, he's he's missed out on a fair bit of cricket. It'll be interesting to see if the ban, whatever it ends up being, whether it's a 12-month suspended sentence, what that would mean or six months, or what it, what it would mean for his short-term England career with the World Cup mm. coming up. And and what it means for his, with the IPL auction coming up, I think a lot of, all the IPL teams are not sure whether they can, whether there's any point bidding on him or not, because he'd be a pretty hot commodity in that if he, yeah. if he can play. I think he's in the England T20 squad for the Tri-Series coming up, I think. Has this, he been withdrawn <laughs> now? Or This could be the only way that an English player gets released to play IPL. <laughs> they just go and start affraying left, right and centre. <laughs> oh, well, if you're not going to play me in a national team, I'll just go play IPL and make some money. I'm surprised Peterson didn't try that like eight years ago. <laughs> well, he went down it. He definitely took a different tax. He yeah, just assault, assault. <laughs> you just abused the coach and the captain. Yeah. Huh. To be fair, it, it, he has a better, better defence than... Than what Ben Stokes does, I think Strauss is a bit of a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I look at Peterson a lot. Um, I, <laughs> that came out wrong. So does he? <laughs> <laughs> you two have got a lot in common. I look at him when he when he plays a lot, and I think like, oh, P- Kevin Peterson, you're such a bell end. <laughs> and then I remember that he really hates Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad and Graham Swan and Matthew Pryor. I'm like, no, actually, KP, you're not such a bad boy. Yeah. But then he opens his mouth and I'm like, oh, no, you are actually a total villain, KP. I just go back and forth. I just don't know what to think about KP. Do we still have Graham Swan on the Big Bash commentary? Oh, boy. Because that was perfect. You know, it's great that they've had K- they have KP in the role he's got there. And then for the Stars game, with the Stars sucking it up as hard as they have and Graham Swan having to commentate on KP is just brilliant because he has to go, oh, he's a really great player and he was so great for England. You just see him. Did they ever have a chat uh, when KP was mic'd up? I, I don't know. I never saw that they did, but I wonder no, if I it's built to into they... KP's contract that he will, will not speak to Graham Swan. <laughs> no, Swanee said, look, I'll, I'll gladly take on a one-man KFC buckethead challenge. Uh, I'll eat as much KFC as you can throw at me, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna talk to Peterson. So we've 
we, we've had one Mondaya, England finally winning a match and doing so in, well, relatively uh, impressive fashion with uh, Jason Roy finally scoring some runs and breaking records and whatnot. Do you think? Uh, do you think we could have a white? The, the alternative <laughs> whitewash It could be It could be It's hard to say I think uh, One day is They can Go back and forth You know like Roy could be out first ball In the next yeah. game I I've, I reckon Roy could finish the series Having made 180 runs For the series <laughs> Do you guys know Where Jason Roy was born What country he was born in Can you guess I'm going to say <laughs> It's do you think it was, it was England or not England? <laughs> <laughs> it was part of the colonies. Is it South Africa? It is South Africa. Oh, okay. That's why I think he threw his wicket away towards the end as well, just to prevent him being out there and choking, just in case. Like, <laughs> like, okay, I've done, I've done well, lads. Uh, Let's let the Irish time. bloke and the other South African bloke bring us home now. <laughs> So, yeah, we had Jason Roy banging, banging balls all around the park and pre- pretty much by the sort of 25th over of the England chase, it was uh, done and dusted and pretty much a boring match to watch because they just knocked him around from there on in. Yeah, they were very comfortable by that point. Was, was that game at the MCG or was it the SCG? It was the MCG, yeah. So we've had we've just recently watched the... The cellar dwellers match in the BBL. <laughs> the one and sixes. Yeah. Oh, the two and two sixes. sixes. Yeah. Sorry, I apologise to any sixes fans out there. <laughs> and a little bit of uh, the Glenn Maxwell and KP having a bit of a dig at the uh, at the curator for preparing a pretty dodgy wicket. Was there anything said about the wicket for the one day, or were people because it, it's. There weren't a lot of wickets falling for... No, it looked like it was playing relatively true. There was a, a little bit more grass, and you would hope so, than what was on there for the test wicket. But it didn't look like it was particularly troubling. That said, um, Mark Wood was able to get a bit of pace and bounce out of it um, and certainly troubled that Australian top order. But beyond that, I mean, you had Finch made runs, Marsh made runs, um, the Australian lower order all we hit out... And Jason Roy made a bucket load of runs. It looks like Mark Wood no longer rides a horse. (laughs) (laughs) And what makes you say that? Because he just doesn't look... His his run-up is less gumpy than it used to be. It's it's not... He doesn't ride the horse into bowl. He rides it around the field. Yeah. (laughs) When he's bored in the outfield, he's like, oh, this is so boring. I'm going to ride my imaginary horse. He still has the great starter's gun. Yeah, the the backward step. But he doesn't gallop in like he used to. (laughs) As soon as I saw that, I was just... I'm out. That was that was the best part of the upcoming one day series. This well, entire series has lost interest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gillette Stadium on the twenty eighth of January. Oh, not Gillette Stadium. Optus Stadium on the twenty yeah. eighth. There's no longer a sellout. There is one ticket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was. I was disappointed. Mark Wood bowled very well and had the pace, up, but didn't have the gallop. So who the fuck cares? <laughs> I'd like to uh, to take my hat off 
if I'm not wearing one, but <laughs> figuratively speaking for those who are, are not able to see us, to Finchie because... You're I'll, also not wearing any pants, so you want to tell yeah, well, this that. Is, no, this, you've got to leave that mystery. This <laughs> is like right. the, new, the newsreader mystery. <laughs> Uh, yeah, a good knock from Finch and obviously not enough um, in the context, but Finch is a guy that for some reason always seems to be under a little bit of pressure and batted admirably, particularly when everyone else kind of fell around him. And mm. obviously Marsh continued to his fine run of form from the Test Series. But the rest of that Australian top order wasn't much chop. Are we? Am I reading too much into it after one ODI? Do you give a guy like Travis Head the rest of the series or... Yeah, with some of the, the T20 players, um, particularly someone like Darcy Short batting so well, is there potential to chop one of those guys in? I think, I think there, there'll be a bit of rotation anyway, like Cameron White will come in. Mm. Um, I think last time we, we were talking, he hadn't yet been selected as the replacement for Chris Lynn. Um, so I think they'll roll through that middle order a little bit. Mm. Um, I, th- I think Head is probably safe because he gives them the balance of being able to bowl a little bit as well. So yeah. they like Australia seem to have this feeling where they like to take six or seven bowlers into a one-day mm. game as opposed to just picking the five bowlers and bowling them all for ten overs. Yeah, and they the seem recent- to, to like that, the three quicks to bowl ten overs and then maybe the spinner to bowl ten, but if not, yeah. four or five other guys to get mm. through the rest of them. So I think head's, head's safe. Uh, Finch, interesting. He is the type of guy, and I joked before saying Jason Roy will finish with 180 runs. Yeah. Finch is really likely to only mm. add a few runs to the rest of the series, and he is that get 100 or he gets out. Like mm. he, He's none of this in between making... Like, yeah. I don't know how what his conversion rate is like between fifties and hundreds in one day cricket, but I I, I doubt there's too many forties, fifties, or sixties, mm. and, and they're probably all twenties and hundreds. And I think that's three hundreds out of a career total of nine at the uh, Melbourne Cricket Ground as well. Yeah. So it's definitely home grounds, pretty happy hunting for him. I mean, there is that feeling that I. I was uh, watching the first ball of the innings and I uh, had to go somewhere and I just said to Verity, oh, let's just wait. I want to watch Aaron Finch get out first ball. <laughs> <laughs> um, didn't happen. But did, did, there is – you joke about those things and there is a little bit of truth in there. Mm. So I think the, select, the public, whilst generally being a bit dumb, are right about some things. Mm. So. Mm. He, he, for mine, is still probably the most likely to go, even though he scored 100, which sounds ridiculous. Mm. But also, you look at that age profile, and I think we've established so none of us young, know getting, how old anyone young is in this team. Like Darcy Sean. <laughs> yeah. Is, uh, does anyone actually know how old Fitch is? Because I, he's another one of those guys I, that look, I assume is 50, but he like could like be... 31, but he's yeah, probably... Yeah, he'd be about the same age as Warner, I feel. Yeah. yeah. Same age as me, which is a bit, you know... <laughs> Uh, they were talking about who are they talking. So about? you've got one someone, thing. someone thinking that their a dream of playing for Australia was over at the hey age mate, of thirty one, and I, I was like, no, it's not over yet, is yeah. it? I reckon <laughs> you could get as many ducks as Aaron Finch could. Oh, easily. Yeah. <laughs> um, there is still hope. The, hope the age that. thing is because we were t- we were talking about James Faulkner early, and we we're like, yeah, he's probably early thirties. 
and we found out he's 27, which is the same age as Darcy Short, sure. who we assumed was like 21, 22, <laughs> yeah. just making his way in the game. Finchy is uh, turning 32 this year. Yeah, so get him out. He's done. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's cooked. He's cooked. <laughs> get a young man like Darcy Short in there. So, yeah, nine, no, 900s and 1750s with an average of 37, which suggests that the public are dumb and I am part of the public. <laughs> but he just, he seems to crack. Yeah, it's just a perception a about him, isn't it really? It's just, he needs to train the, smarter. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's got the Glenn Maxwell perception that he, he plays his shots and when it comes off, it's brilliant. And when it doesn't, he throws his wicket away. Even, even the hundred he made, he kind of threw his wicket away a little bit like, Australia probably needed him to go on and make a, a big hundred like Roy did, and he he didn't do that. And then yeah. so it ended up, you know, new batsmen coming in, and that always slows you down. So Yeah, so we had Marsh making 50 and Stoinis making 60. Mm. But there, there was the feeling that were wickets lost at key times or just there wasn't really the roll-on that happened. Absolutely. And it was one of those things where you're watching it at the time, you thought, well, on, on this wicket, on this ground, 300 is probably okay. And particularly with the change in the fielding regulations now that I don't think you can necessarily bank that let's get 100 off the last 10 uh, as long as, of course, the wicket looks all right. Um, and then England came out to bat and showed that actually... 300 was probably, you know, 30 runs shy of where Australia wanted to they be. S- they, they sort of did get 100 off the last 10, though, right? There was a... They did go a little bit in that last 10. Yeah, they did, but it still ended up being that little bit shy. And I think it's just that symptomatic of wickets falling at just the wrong moments. You know, Finch and uh, Marsh consolidated the innings beautifully, got to that um, that sort of 37th over, and you went, OK, now's, now's a red-hot go. And then both of them were out in relatively quick succession. Yeah, Stoinis, again, he batted exceptionally well, but just probably got out an over or two earlier than what would have been ideal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Marsh... Sorry, Finch got out in the 35th over, 36th over, sorry, and Marsh got out in the 38th over. Mm. And that's about the time you want those set batsmen to start launching or hang around for another five overs and then start launching. There there is a little bit of a feeling in short-form cricket that... Whoever bats second wins. Yeah. Um, Which the numbers definitely in 2020 and in the Big Bash this year tend to support that with... Mm. They were saying earlier today that of the games played at the MCG either this season or... I I have a feeling it was just this season that 66% of them are won by the... Mm. Mm. So that's the feeling that, in 2020, isn't it? That's the, the kind yeah. of log- the wisdom, perceived and, wisdom is that batting second is better. And there is a little bit of that 2020 mentality coming over into one day cricket where you sort of, if you were that hundred runs in the last 10 overs, isn't sort of scary for players mm. anymore. Chasing 12 or 13 runs and over in the last five is, is perfectly doable as long as you've got wickets in the, in the shed, which is, Sort of what England had set themselves up to do and just got it done a lot quicker than... Mm. Mm. Um, and England actually won the toss and chose to bowl. Well, yeah. And, and I wonder if that's going to be their strategy. They just feel they've got the firepower to chase down 
you get, whatever England said. You get yeah. one chance to bamboozle Australia with Mark Wood's new run-up. Yeah. And that was it. <laughs> They're going to be used to it now. And, and then that's it. You get one chance. There was, there was so much talk after the match about England bringing it to Australia and the Australians getting a taste of their own medicine. Well, well there was probably about three nasty short ones from one bowler. That doth not make a five-test series. <laughs> yeah, well, we... We, we bashed England around for 25 days in the test series. Even if England win every one day match, that's five days. Yeah. <laughs> There's still only 20% yeah. of this banking that we gave them. So it, it, we, we are the one day cricket is in this, this point of transition where it doesn't really have a place up until the world cup. Right. Mm. Do you feel that they're, does it? Do we really care all that much about it? Like it's good to watch, and it's yeah. Unless it's a World Cup, I don't think you really care about yeah. it. And is this the problem with we have England? You know, a lot of people talking up England's one day game, eighteen months out from a from a World Cup. Is that too far to to be hitting your stride? And we we seem to have the same thing with South Africa getting it right and then falling away. Pakistan seemed to get it right just about, and India <laughs> tend to do it a little bit better. Well, India are just quite good at short-form cricket and quite mm. consistent at it. Uh, England going too early with the... I mean, you want to win every game and maybe they've got other players, but it seems to be that they, they go through a big cycle of being good at both forms of the game and then rubbish when... I'd be interested mm. to see if they uh, rotate their team very much or if mm. they're like, this is our best team. We're going to play it in every game because Australia in these little in-between series, they rotate the, t the team quite a lot. They've got obviously the core players that are always going to be there. There's probably 10 to 12 of them. Mm. And then they look at other players to come in and, and be those either rotation players in a World Cup or they might be the impact player, like, you know, someone like AJ Ty, who they looked at the other day, mm. that he might have a blinder and they, they look at him and go, okay, great, he's in the World Cup squad. He, he gives us something different. So, yeah, if England, are, if this is their team and this is all they're going to play, maybe they have, maybe they are peaking too soon. So there is, there, there are a lot of fast bowling stocks in Australia that... We've got Jai Richardson is is also in that one day setup, mm. so he might be coming through. So there there will be some changes, and you think that, given Stark and uh, Pat Cummins' injury history, that you think they will get a rest at some stage. Yeah, absolutely, and especially with that tour of South Africa coming up, um, you know, we're only two months away from that, yeah. so they're going to have to be managing, particularly Cummins, uh, and well, I was going to say particularly Cummins, no, Stark as well. I mean, he yeah. had that uh, that minor foot injury th throughout the Ashes series, and yeah, the risk with Cummins is it's the first time he's strung consecutive tests together in what are we talking four years? Well, that not even tests, it's first class game. It's all forms of cricket where he's managed to play them together. So mm. you you would. Th think i don't know what the strategy will be whether they'll play those two for the first three and then you know 
that, that when the series started, they would have been like, let's play our best team to start and get three wins out of the way. And always tends to be that you get to Perth and then it's the second string side because the series is wrapped up mm-hmm. already. Yeah, and meanwhile, the Scorchers have been deprived of two of their best bowlers <laughs> because they're in yeah. the squad. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of this series plays out. I doubt that the that Steve Smith, Cummins, Stark, Warner, who else is in that? One day side that played in the Ashes Mitch series, Marsh. Mitch, Mitch Marsh, Tim really Payne. feel like they've got too much to play for now. Mm. After what would have been a big lead up to the Ashes, and yeah, Mitch Marsh, I think, it, it, is still probably in that because he's played half the series, still in the process of cementing his spot in both both forms of the game. So mm. I think he's got a bit. Tim Payne will be stoked to be playing. Uh, <laughs> You know, not only first class cricket, but international cricket. Yeah. So th- those two guys, I think, but I, th- there might be some merit in rotating Warner, Smith, and um, Stark and Cummins out of that side just purely from a mental. They don't have too much to play for. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Particularly on a home series, you get that chance just to leave them. Uh, yeah. those two guys leave them behind in Sydney with their families for an extra couple of days wouldn't be surprised if you saw them play the SCG and then leave them out of Perth yeah uh, and uh, yeah, that's be, definitely I wouldn't be surprised to see <laughs> Ty and Richardson both playing in yeah, Perth yeah. and that that certainly is supported by the history of the way one day series goes mm. um, after all the travel you can see why they do it it's a shame being based in Perth and going to those games where you you tend to I think the last game that we went to was a in an ashes or a um, <laughs> the last one day that we went to at the Wacker was during the 1314 uh, ashes series the five nil whitewash we managed to go to the only game that England won <laughs> all <laughs> summer all summer they didn't win it. I think it was either 4-1 or 6-1 in the one days and it was captained by George Bailey and there was just like I think he also opened the bowling and the batting <laughs> <laughs> it was his, his it, it really was, was quite a <laughs> so yeah it would it definitely supported by history there in in with that one, we could have a second rate. But series will still be up for grabs, so you would think. Well, definitely would be. be interesting to see what they do if England go 2-0 two, two up and then come to Perth and have to win that one to keep the series alive. Mm. It would just be great if... It kind of would be great for Australia to lose it. So go down... Three zip, and then just have the under 19s team play them for the rest <laughs> of the series. Just yank them out of the tournament in New Zealand. <laughs> but it's uh, yeah, we've got the uh, under 19s World Cup going on at the moment. Is that what's going on? Yeah, we do. I was looking at some of the photos of these kids, and maybe it's a little bit, uh, a little bit mean of me, but I'm just wondering how obnoxious some of them would be. <laughs> so they're out here on tour. They're obviously getting their tyres pumped up a little bit. Not so much that they're in a national side but well they're in a representative side but you know you're not a 19 year old test player but having a look at a few of them strutting around training i think gee i don't want to be hanging out with you guys. just pumping the double cobras yeah 
there, there is a there is a player from the Australian under nineteen squad that is going to get picked out to play for the Sixers. I yes, oh, is it, is Mc- it the Renegades. Uh, it the is Renegades. the Renegades. Yeah. Uh, Mackenzie, someone or other, and I think yeah. he's seventeen years of age. Um, decent batsman by the sound of it. Yeah, and did he play in some of the tour matches whilst England were around yeah, as well? Yeah, he made a quick 50 or something. Yeah, so th- from what I'd read, it sounded like they were picking him based on the form of his tour games for whilst England were over, mm. um, which will be interesting. Been a long time since we've had, you know, I'd like to think that we will get to a point where we have another kid getting picked in the Australian side. Um, yeah, Darcy Short. Darcy yeah. Short, yeah. <laughs> He's only 17, right? Now, comparatively, mate. Now that you're getting on, he's still a kid, but a little bit younger than that. And on just on the subject of Darcy Short, we were speaking last week about some of the, the international fixturing, and I just think it's ridiculous that you've got Darcy Short as just breaking all kinds of records in the BBL, it's going to put him in the frame for uh, T20 international selection in this little tri-series, which will put him in a squad mere days before the Big Bash final. Hobart have made a huge charge up the ladder, and I'd really hate to see them deprived of the best batsman of the tournament thus far for the sake of uh, a tri-series of T20 internationals. If you were Darcy Short, would you prefer to play in purple? Or in the green and gold? I, I can answer that <laughs> only because I've heard Darcy Short on radio and he was put that, that question was put to him and he did answer saying, oh, yeah, anytime you get a chance to play for your country. But you could still have played for your country three days after the BBL final. Admittedly, you'd be down at the pub with a, you know, 10 of your mates on the darts for three days, <laughs> shielding yourself from public view and maybe not in the best shape. But I think it's just a shame that we've had a pretty exciting big bash other than... The you are going out on a limb and assuming that, that Hobart... Is, is it a semi-final that he'll be dragged from? Uh, if, they, if Hobart make the final. So it the is a big final, if. Yeah. It is a big if. And they've sort of done reasonably well. Because in my mind, Hobart suck. And they did suck. Yeah. Your mind is not mm. uh, yeah. in some way... Suffering. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Darcy Short has been a massive part of why they're not sucking. Anymore. Well, he's yeah, he's banged three games worth of totals, right? Yeah. Yeah. Four hundred and eighty runs in five games, yeah. six yeah, games, something like that. He's five all games. but scored three yeah. hundreds. Like he scored yeah. two two scores in the nineties, mm. and then the one twenty two that he scored the other day. It's a, you think about so Stoinis probably the other form player one of the other form players of the BBL mm. getting called up to play for the one-day squad. Mm. Is there any chance that Darcy Short will get called up during the series? Yeah, the, the th- ODI question is so interesting because of the, of the Lynn Sanity experiment, which <laughs> the selectors show that they have a continuing case of Lynn Sanity. So they obviously see something, but you then look at, uh, at AJ Ty. And not to take anything away from his performance, he bowled... It was the most economical of Australia's bowlers in the one-dayer. But I think by his own admission, he struggled to adapt to one-day cricket at the highest level. Um, he, he sort of came out after the game and said that he's got a bit of work to do. And the implication for mine was that he was very much in that T20 mode of trying to keep it to dot balls rather than attacking to get a wicket. So it'd be interesting to see 
if some of these form players, batsmen versus bowlers uh, or all-rounders as to who's getting picked up. Mm. I still think if you bang 122 runs off, what do you do it off, 70 balls or the other... You do that in a one-day game. Mm. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, if you're opening <laughs> yeah. and you do that, like, yeah. What, yeah. A, what a platform to give your team, you know. Well, yeah, look what Jason Roy was able to do. Yeah. And yeah. That's, that's it. But, yeah, Chris Lynn certainly struggled. Um, I feel that Lynn... Uh, what, what are Lynn's numbers in the BBL like? Like, I know he goes nuts and hits a lot of sixes. He's hit but 100 he does, sixes. Yeah. <laughs> but in the seven years of... Of BBL. Of BBL... What are his actual... Because they don't tend to talk about averages. No, it's all about strike rates. So yeah. Let me... I'll just look it up for you. Just just stall. Just... <laughs> so, you do a dance? Just, yeah. Can you do a dance? No oh, yeah, pants. I'm not wearing any pants, yeah. so... Yeah. Um, so, it's, I just... I don't get the feeling from Chris Lynn that he's posted massive scores all mm. that consistently. Mm. I think there are those... 40s off 15 where he just goes bonkers mm. but that doesn't set you up in a one day it sets you up in a bit in a 2020 mm. which is kind of fine but it doesn't i feel like it is a little bit crazy to expect that to be a pass mark sorry lynn sane lynn to sane. expect that to be a pass yeah. mark yeah <laughs> you're gonna have to keep I, I, I <laughs> yeah i don't feel the, the, the difference between 40 off nothing and 80 off nothing. Yeah. There, there is a difference in a pass mark. Yeah, agree. Yeah. Agree. So, where are you at, stats man? I'm just, I'm just getting it now. Okay. So, he's played, this is ESPN Crick Info stats, which I think are pretty reliable. He's played 96 T20 games. Uh, he's got an average of 37.01, strike rate, strike rate of 148.6. 2050s 100. This says he's hit 171 sixes, so he must have hit sixes outside of the big bash. <laughs> um, does he go? Did he? Um, does that include a score of 101? Does that include IPL or something? Does yeah, it must IPL? just be every non-international T20 he's played, yeah. I think. So average of 37 is not bad, mm. and that's a that's a reasonable ODI average. Yeah. But again, it's it's one of those things. I know where you're going with yeah, this. Yeah, it, and, and it kind of just same. doesn't feel. It, it'd be interesting to see what the other conversion rates for. For well, what because they originally it was like get to thirty. Yep. And yeah, used thirty to, is the fifty. They Some, used to, sometimes that's the measure they use. Yeah. They say how many thirties has someone scored? Yeah. Mm. So uh, that sort of suggests to you that. You know, if a player comes out in an ODI and makes 50, you're like, perfect. Mm. You know, you've done your job. That's above pass mark. You've, you've done all right. Move on. Mm. 30 in Big Bash. Pass mark. Move on. Yeah. So you're making 300 runs for the tournament. They talk, you know, like it gets pretty, they talk about, it gets pretty lean pretty quickly for batsmen where they, I think not pass mark is 250 and then pass mark is 280 or yeah. 300 for the 10 games. So... You're not talking about a big variation in numbers there, so your averages don't really mean too much, especially when you can get not outs and whatnot. Mm. His, no. uh, his, his ODI career, played one game, one innings, no not outs. He scored 16 off 12. 
So a strike rate of 133.33 recurring, <laughs> average of 16, highest score of 16, and he hit 1-6. So there you go. <laughs> so there is just did well. They, everybody would have been happy for those 12 balls, well, 11 balls that would have been like, he's going to go. They would have seen yeah. that six and gone, he's going a little insane here. Yeah. Um, but then he gets out. Mm. I mean, there's just not the, I just feel with him there is probably, it, the, it's the Finch. It's the same yeah, it's the feeling Finch. with Finch. That mm. it's, I think it's just a general feeling with a lot of these big hitters. It's something that Davey Warner even had, mm. you know, a few years ago. He's, he's been able to adapt his game. He's been the successful one. And I think maybe people look at him and go, well, that's what Finch needs to be doing. That's what Maxwell needs to be doing. Maybe they're just not capable of doing it and maybe we shouldn't be encouraging them to do it. Maybe they should just be these. You've got to, you've got to see something else. I think Warner was... They, they saw something with Warner very early because he'd played very few... One day any first-class cricket yeah, when he yeah. got called up for the 2020... Team. Mm. And then even from then, going from 2020 to one day is to test. Mm. It was very quick. Yeah, he's 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 a an incredible talent. Like he's yeah. a much better batsman than any of these other people that we're talking about. Yeah. So there's still got to be technique. You've still got to identify all of those those things that make you a good cricketer because you're going to get ragged on by Chapelli and his senality <laughs> about. <laughs> His technique is not good enough. So, <laughs> but it just makes you, you know, and when it fell apart for Hanscom, it went away so quickly and everybody yeah. was on his case because his technique was so weird. So mm. I think you've still got to, you've either got to have the numbers to back you up all the time, otherwise you've got to have good technique and mm. you might survive. But mm-hmm. they, they they obviously go, I mean, Hanscom was a weird one and clearly is not in great form. But didn't take him long to go get out. You've got stuff to work on. Yeah, I found that so amusing when Channel 9 was showing the, the beautiful up-close footage of gentlemen putting Marsh and Marsh's hundreds on the uh, scoreboard, uh, not on the scoreboard, on this sort of honour board at the SCG. You look one name above um, <laughs> was, was Usman Kawaja, and then the two names immediately above him from a year ago were Renshaw and Hanscom. Yeah. I think what a difference 12 months makes. And I think we, it, it, it's weird having this discussion because we spoke about uh, Renshaw early in the season and, and, and mm. spoke about what he might have been a little bit hard done by. But, and again, that comes down to that feeling about technique and how you're getting out and whether you're throwing your wicket away. But Hanscom must be the only cricketer in history to average over 50 to get out hit wicket. Yeah. <laughs> well, by standing on his wicket. Yeah. Like, so there, there's definitely, you know, you just give people too much ammunition and you don't get long if you're that type mm. of player. And I think... I think the only thing that's keeping you in that stat is the fact that Steve Waugh batted so far down the order that his average was probably just under 50. <laughs> Dismissed more... By more modes of dismissal than any other batsman in Test cricket, Steve Waugh. Oh, what, because he got out handling the ball that yeah, time? Yeah, he did, yeah. So <laughs> he, he got out hit wicket and handling the field. Did he ever uh, get and, out um, obstructing the, ball, the field like Alex Ross did? Ooh, ooh. <laughs> 
There was also there is another weird. I think he also had another one where he could have been given out handling the ball again when he got tonked with one in the head and then didn't know where he was and then just sort of caught the ball. But he probably had a con- <laughs> probably had a concussion yeah. at the time. I don't and, know. and yeah, Brennan McCullum was the opposing skipper and immediately withdrew the appeal in the, <laughs> of the spirit of cricket. Um, so yeah. Hanscom basket case. Yeah. And we... How Can't many... Can't even spell his own name on the back of his <laughs> jumper. <laughs> well, yeah, he probably... he The Mel- Melbourne stars are going that badly that they probably are having to duct tape their own names onto the back of their shirts <laughs> at the moment. Because, yeah, they're, they're very likely to finish the season with no wins. And if they do it... I don't know who they've got left. I think oh, they, they play the Sixers again. Yeah, they do. They, be- they have beaten the Renegades. Oh they yeah, beat the yeah. Games. yeah. Damn. Yeah, I know. I was so disappointed that it wasn't this game today. Wasn't two teams with no wins. Yeah, <laughs> this would have made me so happy. But then one of them would have come away with a win, which would have also been unpalatable. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow got a nil. They would have drawn, and we the administrators had, <laughs> would have just got no we, super over lads. You yeah. do not deserve it. We could have just had Ben Stokes break into the stadium and fray the fuck out of <laughs> everybody, and then the game gets called off. Stoke. Would you share points in a Stokey situation like that? Yeah, absolutely. And Stokes would get off. He would plead that he was provoked by such <laughs> yeah. an appalling display of cricket. So you know what, Ben? That was your acting in the public interest. <laughs> um, I don't know if I've got too much more to add. Do you guys have to have anything else you want to talk about? Or? No, not really. Just other than the I fact that... I just want to promote Chris Gale's Instagram. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so if you want to follow... A guy who is just loving life and obviously <laughs> hasn't been brought down by anything. Um, request the follow the universal boss. What's his? What's, what's the Twitter? What's I think the, it's uh, Chris Gra- Chris Gale triple three. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Do it. It's it's well worth the. Oh, well, it's you know it costs nothing to request. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you want some hints on you know how to work out and then go to a party and smoke a bunch of cigars later. Or, you know, just sing red, red wine whilst drinking red, 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 red wine. <laughs> he does do some great long live videos when he's, he's obviously drunk late at nine, um, where he just, he would just talk to you for like 40 minutes through Instagram live. It's great. <laughs> Thoroughly worth a follow. Um, we don't have an Instagram, so I just wanted to promote an Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, frankly, someone rambling yeah. drunk into a microphone for 40 minutes is, if you listen to this podcast, it's obviously your thing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, get, get around it. No hints for, for gym workouts or smoking <laughs> stogies later, though. So, no, um, no, we don't smoke on this podcast because we're role models. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did you want to talk about Dorsh just getting rid of his moustache, but... Nick no, Madison, not no. I don't want to talk about any of those moustaches anymore. Yeah. But what about Nick Madison's bl- blonde oh, do? It's like it's not if it's not enough of an indignity that they are atrocious <laughs> cricket. They then imagine having to turn up to a match, and that is batting at the other end. It's like, come on, mate. <laughs> 
it's not it's it's not doing its intended thing to put off the fielding side it's just putting him off his own game it's that bad like you've got at the one hand you've got Justin Langer coming out and saying look the Scorchers have been successful because we don't have any dickheads no dickhead policy the no arsehole rule look at them they they go up to Alice Springs couple of uh, a couple of games on the hop it was you know 40 in the shade they're depleted uh, through injury and national call up still find another way to win against the top of the table side and then you've got that moustache and that haircut (laughs) so it is reminiscent it's reminiscent of I haven't seen it heard through the grapevine that it's KP circa 2005 it's worse than that it's worse than that so if you're listening, Nick, tweet us a photo. I'm, well, maybe we'll tweet at, 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 at Silly Point Potty. We'll tweet <laughs> at Nick Madden. Can, yeah. can you tweet that before picture that I showed you earlier with the, the dodgy haircut yeah. and the, the we'll, big ears and be like, Nick, what happened? Yeah. What happened <laughs> so we'll to this sweet at, little boy? <laughs> yeah. We'll look at try and, and bring you exclusive footage of Nick Maddinson's terrible hairdo next week. We'll see if we get any joy. Um I hope you've enjoyed the show. I've been Brandon Cummins. Uh, Give us a like on iTunes, Stitcher, Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Silly Point Potty. Follow Chris Gale on Instagram. Follow Chris Gale on Instagram. (laughs) Um, Boy, boy. See you guys. Good night. Down the wicket, I'm falling